You're listening to the number one Oilers podcast, Handkerchief Dynasty. Two minutes for interference. spinning its way towards damnation amidst the fear and despair of a broken human race who's left to fight for what's good and pure. Handkerchief Dynasty. I am, as always, your secret professor, joined in spirit by the High Priest of Order's Magic, if not in fact. Soon to return, uh, I hope, I think, I believe... How you doing all? We're here uh, for another special solo edition of Handkerchief Dynasty. I'm joined by the uh, Handkerchief Dynasty trademarked Oilers and other news robot. How you doing, robot? Doing good. Doing good. Um, yeah, I wanted to check in here. It's been a few games, you know. Uh, we've seen some highs. We've seen some lows. I mean, I guess we can start out with the Dallas game, or as I like to call it, the game against L'Etoile de Dallas. Um, you know, it was uh, kind of a tough loss there, kind of got blown out a little bit. I mean, to be honest, the team had kind of started by then to be playing not that well. I think Coach Woodcroft said something about the their game having the sniffles, which I thought was an apt metaphor. Um, I've heard other commentators say that, you know, this is kind of how the Oilers roll, and it's true. They, they kind of get on a roll, and they take their foot off the gas, and they get on a roll. I, I don't know, maybe they're trying to optimize the amount of miles they get on the highway per gallon or something maybe there's some method to the madness um but yeah the dallas game was a bit of a tough one I'm not going to talk about it too much because it feels like it's a million years ago now you know but there, there, there's really not that much to take away from the dallas game or the capitals game other than the fact that certain people continue to roll even as the team struggled overall you know we still saw nuge dry connor hyman all producing in those two losses you know against dallas and washington and we also saw a team playing really uh poorly defensively for periods of both those games i mean the highlight obviously the big the big uh, story coming out of monday against the caps was the, the failure on the penalty kill you know the capitals going four for five that's not pretty that's not pretty at all but um yeah i mean it's just it's 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 interesting to it, it is interesting to see that even while the team struggled there and went on a little bit of a skid, um, their top players still produced, and the players that have had a strong start to the year just continue to be producing well. Yeah, I mean you just can't you can't really in in spite of the painfulness of those of that losing streak, you can't deny how insanely good Connor and Dry are. I mean you'd have to be insane 
to deny it, I think. Drinking, oh, making my mind slow. That's why I don't with the big bro. Oh, bro, I got to maintain. Cause a like me is going insane. Insane I mean, it's just, they're going to have, they're having, I mean, Connor and Dry are, are on looking like they haven't missed a beat since the playoffs, which is pretty incredible news. Um, and honestly, I'm pretty impressed with Nurse. I feel like Nurse has kind of quietly, in the back of his mind, you know, in spite of what everyone might be telling him or what everyone might be preferring from him, I think in the back of Darnell's mind, he's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to go out there and be be everything this year. I think he's, he's laser-focused on performing at his absolute best. Um, maybe that means a little more chaos. Maybe that chaos means he's not out for the final minute 100% of the time. Maybe it's only 80% of the time. But that's uh, that's okay with me. I'm fine with that. Yeah, so let's move on to the lightning game, really, because that's the one we all want to talk about. It's the one nearest in the rearview mirror and the one with kind of the most going on. First of all, let's recognize the fact that the NHL officials apparently don't know what the no-touch icing rule entails and uh, are totally happy to see players maybe just fly into the boards and shatter every bone in their legs uh, for fun. I, I don't know what's going on there. I, I don't know how uh, I don't know how the officials missed multiple icing calls. Like, they flubbed multiple no-touch icing calls in that game. A game which already featured a really harrowing, really scary uh, event. So, I mean, just imagine how fucked up it would be if we had a fadoon on top of that, you know, like the no touch icing rule is there to ensure the safety of the players and not calling it properly should be, uh, there should be consequences for that kind of shit. Like if you were a manager at a work site and safety procedures were, were, weren't being called properly and it got found out, shit would happen, mind you, you know, and that's, that's, I'm sorry, that's just the standard of like, you know, the regular economy, maybe there's a different standard in the NHL where they don't give a fuck about safety, but man, oh man, Barry was pissed, and I was pissed right along with him, man. I like I like when Barry gets pissed. When Barry gets pissed, I kind of like do an astral plane projection into him, and, and I experience that uh, righteous anger vicariously. That was such a brutal, like, they're so dumb, man. Oh, just painful. I was glad to hear them called out on the broadcast, too. It's like, we need to, we need to just call it out where we see it. Just a, an intense nail biter of a game against the lightning i mean uh the oilers didn't play terrible to start but they did get outshot something like 10 to 1 which was pretty insane um jack campbell standing really really tall you know i don't i don't know if it was it was almost like that's the perfect game for jack campbell to get his mojo back you know going up against vasilevsky going up against a team that's a juggernaut and been a juggernaut for a long time, a team that he's played more than than the Oilers themselves have in the last few years, too. Um, maybe a team he's slightly more familiar with. I mean, obviously, uh, given very recent experience, he's quite familiar with them. Um, and that was really encouraging to see the game start off on that note uh, with Jack Campbell basically just like holding the whole team in it straight up like spider-man style you know holding onto the bus while the whole team was just like jesus christ we're gonna fall out of this bus from the bridge pier we're dangling spider-man saving us we got to climb up we got to climb up and they did they shockingly the fact that they came back to even the shots out or better well yeah they for, for a minute for a hot minute they they had i think maybe it was in the second period they had more shots than the Lightning, um, and I guess the Lightning must have taken uh, taken back the shot lead in the third. I mean, how do you start the game without? How can you talk about the game without first talking about Fogues? Um, 
I mean, obviously, a player almost died, so we're going to talk about that later. But let's let's talk about the game first. Folks, getting off the the getting on the board with that goal was so slick. Um, I honestly like people were really tearing into him uh, online on the twitters, and I stand by what I said a few episodes ago. Like I, I I cheer for this player. I like him. I I don't I don't care what anyone says. You know, uh, I'm I'm just I'm trying to think of of anyone who's been on our third line in the last ten years who had his physicality, his jam, his work ethic, and, you know, his potential offensive skills. I mean, I think there's still, he hasn't reached his ceiling offensively. I mean, I just like seeing Fogel out there crunching guys. It's, uh, I, I can't, I, I don't really criticize his game that much because he's a third liner on a team that just has not, has had a total dearth of third liners forever. And when I, when I compare him to that, he looks really good. Plus, when I just compare him to what I'm seeing with my fucking own eyes, he's been getting lots of chances. And I thought he was going to break through soon, and he did. And and you know, he ended up playing like a nice a nice role in the game. Um, and it was wonderful to see. You know, the game uh, got tense again in the f- before the first was even done. You know, just a few minutes later, you have Brendan Hagel score. I always crave a bagel whenever Brendan Hagel comes up. It's probably just me. Um, and it, uh, that, that tenseness continued for a little while. I mean, this, this whole game from start to finish, and but especially at the end had a very like razor wire kind of tone to it, like edge of your seat. You're seeing no country for old men in the theater for the first time. You're just like, uh, anything could happen. You're just freaking out a little bit. Cause it's just so intense and kind of beautiful. I mean, the Oilers kind of got their mojo back in this game. I don't know if that's playing against a, an opponent that forces them to raise their game. I don't know if it's the team also partially rallying behind uh, a really scary injury to one of their own, um, or the coaching staff getting them out of their doldrums. Maybe they took a, maybe they took a good amount of vitamins and some nice fermented foods and boosted their immune system and got over that uh, that case of the sniffles in their team game. But it did feel like that the Oilers coming back here was like them, them turning back on, which is good to see because once the Oilers turn on, they can go for a little while. Um, and knock on wood, here's hoping they do because, you know, we're up against another good team coming up next in Carolina here. You know, second period was uh, the Connor and Dry show. You know, they're just so amazing and special and dry saddle with the backhand. Uh, I mean, come on. McDavid, everything he does. I mean, he he's just he's just a god brought down to earth in human form to teach us the way and the light. Okay, I'm uh, I'm just gonna be honest about it. It should if if it's not affecting your belief system for the better that Connor and Dry are not only in the league but on our team right now. Connor, you know, a goalie game player, like baby, baby. And then you got Nuge is looking great. Nuge just look, has, has had a better start than it feels like he's had in years. And I think a big part of that is is playing with those better players, getting getting a little more offensively unleashed, and also his own, you know, he's brought a level of focus, maybe not being in a, right after a, a big contract um, re-signing. That kind of helps clear the mental cobwebs a little bit. Love that McLeod assist on... The full goal, McLeod had that crazy rush where he kind of was channeling McDavid and blew through the rest of the team. You know, like if Fogel and McLeod can play 12 to 14 minutes 
on our third line and do that shit all year. I am down with that all day. All day. And whoever else is on that wing is going to be playing with two players with uh, with some jam and some uh, some tempo and some skill. I already talked about Barry a bit, but I'm gonna call I'm gonna call him out again just because I fucking like Barry, and anyone who doesn't like Barry can suck a dick. As far as I'm concerned, like fuck, man. Like if if Barry had like shattered both of his legs going into the boards there because the officials are too fucking dumb to know about a rule that's existed for years for years like the outpouring of sympathy would be so real and so sincere and that pro- but you know there'd probably also be a couple of dicks who are just like nah, which is horrible like when someone gets injured and you're that person uh it's not a good look i'm gonna say to put it as diplomatically as i possibly fucking could like fuck you um thankfully he was not hurt i i still like barry on this team man i mean honestly i i think as soon as soon as we trade barry the way some people want us to or if we traded barry the way people want us to i don't think it would take that long to be like oh shit we don't have enough defensemen because i mean we don't exactly have an overflowing cornucopia of delights on the defense right now you know uh i mean you'd say oh we'll get something back in that trade i mean yeah and maybe but like ifs and whens and shoulds i mean it's all it's all there's always a gamble anytime you roll that dice you might roll a seven you might roll snake eyes and then you have to deal with a poisonous deadly venomous snake hopefully it's a mamba um interesting to see the pairings mixed up i actually was 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 kind of curious about the kulak cc pairing uh, myself, I think I I think I called for that a while ago, and I'm I'm glad to see you know uh, it tried out. They tried it out. It seemed okay. Um, I think I think they could actually complement each other because they kind of they both have such a good collection of overall skills. They both skate well. They both move the puck well. They both defend well. I mean, like it's kind of like the chef's kiss of second second pairings in some ways if you can make it work. And Barry getting up there with uh, Nursey, I I think that's uh, cool. Yeah. That's got potential too, in my mind. Especially if, obviously, if Barry continues his strong play, which, you know, we've, some players, all players are inconsistent at times. But right now, Barry's uh, playing well, certainly the last like four or five games. Ryan Murray, I've been a big Ryan Murray skeptic. He definitely saved a goal and therefore possibly the game for us against Tampa Bay. So I have to herald him for that. It was a hell of a play. Uh, I love to see it. It was beautiful, it was special. It was a moment we'll cherish forever, and we'll be putting that in our digital frame. I'm, I'm still happy. I mean, the 11 and 7 with ne- getting Nemo some minutes, I, I got time for it a little bit. I mean, it kind of blew up in their face in terms of getting down a guy um, by the end of uh, the game. But, uh, I mean, fuck, man. Honestly, the dry goal was so sick. Dry, I swear to God, he's going to go from being NHL superstar directly into a lucrative uh international career as a uh a rap superstar obviously in german architektur unserer sehnsucht der war gewordene traum im fels aus glas von beton zwischen klonsalz nahtloses blau vollkommene form vollkommen verloren die spiegelung in der fensterfront und über den grund I think that's going to be good. I think that's going to be really good. Um, so, like, seriously, it's we have both of them. We have the two best players in the world, and they're on our team competing against each other for, like, just bragging rights as they try and, you know, lead 
the team to dynastic glory. I mean, fuck, man. It's, we're so lucky. We're so freaking lucky. Then on top of that, with the supporting players, I mean, yeah, fucking, we're going to be missing Kane like hell. And I'm going to be talking about Kane in a bit. But, like, Hyman, I mean, you got to call out Hyman again just because he's got such wherewithal and such moxie and such vigor. He goes out there and plays the game of hockey like life depended on it. Like he's an auteur, independent filmmaker with no budget, uh, no distribution, nothing. And, you know, he's just going to fucking Werner Herzog or John Waters or David Lynch, some kind of fucking crazy masterpiece that just blows everyone's brains. Like I'm just going to be hearing from the Cecil soundtrack the song No Budget every single time I watch Zach Hyman play from now on because the dude is just like so fucking gangster. Hey, yo, man, listen up. When we say action, we mean action, yo. Ain't nobody putting us in turn around. You got that, motherfucker? We ain't got no budget. No budget. No craft service, man. No budget. We don't take no notes. No budget. No fucking call sheets, yo. No budget. We ain't recouping shit. No budget. Yeah, we got to start day for real. No budget. Yo, this picture's a go. No budget. And we gon' turn Hollywood out. Yeah. No budget. How the fuck you think you just gon' touch these dresses? You don't need to have no fucking lip pop with some so-called critics out of cinema. I'll your movie set with the hottest guns names. When we say action cameras rolling, motherfuckers. And like, what a great vibe the hymen vibe is so real like it's just it's a warm and fuzzy feeling like the the smile that guy gets on his face when he's experiencing the the unfiltered the unbridled joie de vivre of being a, an nhl hockey player for the edmonton oilers in the year 2022 i mean it's a beautiful uh it's a beautiful thing it's going to be interesting you know the next little bit here because they've called up uh klim Kostin, Janmark. Yanmark is it's so funny how we all kind of forgot about Yanmark super quickly. Um but like fuck both those guys could could have a pretty good chance of making some uh some noise here. And uh as much as it sucks to lose one of your top players, as much as it sucks to fucking see the horrifyingly grotesque and macabre and terrifying scene that we all saw, um injuries do open up opportunities for guys. So fuck, I'm cheering like hell for Klimkosten and uh, Matthias Janmark to uh, make some uh, make some hay here um, and make the best of a really fucked up and horrible situation. Same, same goes for Holloway. I feel like Holloway, just because of the dimension of his the dimensions to his game, you know, he's obviously not lighting the world on fire offensively yet. And I think he's still catching up to the pace of things. Um, I think we could be seeing, I think there could be like a big, a big jump in his offensive numbers once once things click but that could be 40 games away that could be 60 games away you know when we, we might not even see that until next year but the earliest we would see it is sometime this year but until then i've really come around to the idea that like especially now with kane down like maybe he's kind of like like early like warren zevon it takes a while for you to get into it but then you realize that like on every fundamental level Dylan Holloway has those pieces. Like, you're listening to the Warren Zevon debut, you know, it's kind of very uh, operatic and, and really uh, doesn't have a lot of rock energy to it to start, but then you get to, like, what is it, the fourth or fifth track, uh, Poor, Poor, Pitiful Me. I feel like eventually we'll be hearing that when it comes to Dylan Holloway and his game, and we'll just uh, we'll be feeling really, really good. He'll be like Sean Horkoff 2.0, but, like, even better. 
my favorite song about a youth, you know, growing up in a deindustrialized town who decides to become a hockey player and works his way to the NHL after being drafted by the Edmonton Oilers. It's a beautiful song. Um, yeah, and when it comes to the when it comes to the game itself, the only thing I, I will say as well is just to double down on I wasn't scared about Campbell. I I I was going to give it time. You know, it's like Campbell was uh, any new goalie coming to the Western Conference, coming to the Edmonton Oilers, coming to a new team. You know, it's going to take some time to adjust. And and to be honest, I just felt like in a lot of the games where he's he had horrible numbers, like yeah, maybe there were some there were a couple of goals that were on him or a weak one from the outside or a bad rebound, but there was also just huge amounts of defensive breakdowns around him. Just it's just way too much. Just way too much. And I knew if the team clears that up, if they can clear some of those rebounds for him, et cetera, et cetera, you know, fucking, I think soup uh, is going to be really, really good for us. I mean, we got him for years, and it's not like, <laughs> whatever, like 10 games over the course of years is really that much. It's really uh, it's really a drop in the bucket. If you're making some soup, if you want soup that's good food by the Dead Kennedys, uh, you know, you got to give that soup some time. You got to let it simmer. You got to let it digest in its juices. Let those spices fully uh, emulsify and dissipate. Did we put a bay leaf in there? Did anyone look? Did anyone look at that? Maybe that was the only thing he needed. Maybe it was just that one little bay leaf was the only thing we needed to put in the pot for Jack Campbell to make his soup shine for uh, for Gordon Ramsay. I mean, that's the thing. Like a bay leaf is kind of like an article of faith when it comes to cooking soup. No one knows what it tastes like, but we all believe somehow somehow it adds flavor. A leaf. I mean, can you imagine, like, why don't we just take a leaf from outside and put that in our soup next? It really seems like it seems like the next logical step to me. Um, okay, we're going to go around the NHL, and then I'm going to talk about the cane injury, which was fucked up, man. Um, I mean, around the NHL, not so much around the NHL as around the Division Pacific. Just a quick check-in in the Pacific Division. Let's see. Let's see how things look. I mean, the Calgary Flames are 3-5-2 and two in their last 10, so that's amazing. I love that. In the Pacific, there's a, a pretty big division right now between the top four teams and the bottom four. Edmonton at the bottom of the top, Calgary at the top of the bottom. Funny how that works sometimes. Um... I don't know, Seattle in second place in the Pacific? They've won five in a row. I mean, all power to them. If Seattle ends up there at the end of the year, I promise to sing hot salads and scrambled eggs. Or wait, I promise to sing tossed salads and scrambled eggs as much as people want me to. And and, and anytime someone requests it, I will perform on cue. Um, Vegas... You know, they, they're a team that we kind of all were brought up to be scared of in the recent past, and now we're seeing why. I mean, plus 20 goal differential, 5-1-0 five, five, at home, 7-1-0 away. One, winners of their last eight, 
damn, we gotta get on. We gotta get on the horse here. Los Angeles. I'm also gonna kind of cheer for them because uh, you, they're a team. They're one of those teams that when they overachieve, it's extremely easy to cheer for them. Clown's a good coach. They got good players. They're in LA. I love LA. Who doesn't love LA? Um, Vancouver and Calgary are the only other teams I'm really gonna say are in contention to, you know, make some noise in the next little bit here. But we'll see. Fingers crossed. Calgary continues to eat shit though, because that's that's really like half the battle. I really feel like that's half the battle. Um, we started things off today with a track called "Workout" by Toriyami Yuji. We remind our uh, listeners to remember to, uh, you know, if suitable, work, do some working out. Defeat that seasonal affect with shadow boxing punches and kicks. That's what I do. Or that's what I want to do. That's what I think about doing instead of doing. Um, and our outro will be from P Model. The name of that track is Speed Tube. Um, yeah, so the cane injury. First off, I'm going to say when you see someone almost die right in front of your eyes during uh, the game that you're watching for your entertainment. Uh, you should feel some sympathy for that person that almost died right in front of you. Yeah, it's uh, it's honestly just a fucking fucked up and crazy thing. I think kind of unique to hockey, but not completely. You know, it happens in other contact sports too. Um, you think about something like NASCAR. It's just like once in a while the, the charade and the spectacle and the game um, just completely makes way for something much more real and human which is like holy shit like that dude just got cut up like a motherfucker and he's gushing and it's time for him to go to the hospital and and there was a specter hanging over the game for at least another 10 minutes after that um and probably through the whole rest of it probably through the whole rest of the trip i mean can you imagine if the worst had happened there i mean fuck like shudder to think if the worst happened there but i mean it, it easily could have it's just a, a fluky thing that, unfortunately, uh, I mean, to put it mildly, unfortunately, just the fact that that's possible during a hockey game, uh, it just makes it so much scarier to me as well. There's been incidents. Uh, it's not the first time, uh, but it's definitely the last time something that fucking crazy happened, and that's intense. And uh, I, don't, I don't know. I think it's going to take a little while for everyone to get over it a little bit because it's like a near... It really was... It was a near-death experience, and as far as I'm concerned, if, if people aren't pointing that out, they're not doing justice to the gravity of of the situation. And whatever you think of uh, Evander Kane as a person, you know, that, that perspective can possibly change due to experiences like this. Um, when you see someone go down like that... Uh, your heart goes out to them because like you're a human being and they are too. And like, I don't know, maybe Evander Kane really is this piece of shit people think he is, but I, I'm, I remain somewhat un- unconvinced. I mean, you know, like domestic abuse is an extremely rampant and extremely disgusting and extremely problematic uh, element of our society. That's just gross on every level. So I hope no one thinks I'm downplaying that or disparaging that. Um, I don't know. If you if you read about what she posted after the injury, it's uh it, it it'll turn your it turns your head a little bit. And it's really unfortunate because really like no matter what it's an unfortunate situation because if there was legitimate abuse going on, obviously that's horrible. If there wasn't and uh you know just really intense disagreements and fights were mischaracterized and misrepresented as abuse that's really fucked up too because that 
does a lot to diminish the very legitimate and very important cause against this kind of violence, right? So, I don't know, man. It's it's just really fucked up that while watching that game, which I nevertheless enjoyed somehow, somehow I think we all came around to enjoying it, partially because it was such an intense game. I think if, if it had been a blowout in the third period, the the specter of what we'd all witnessed in the second period would have hung a lot longer. Yeah, it's fucked up, man. It is just fucked up. I just I can't I can't really stand people like laughing about it. It kind of sticks in my craw because like even if you hate a person, even if someone's a horrible person, like you know when when that footage of fucking Saddam Hussein getting executed was on the internet, I didn't watch it. I didn't want to watch that. Obviously, the man's a monster, but like how is it not going to dehumanize me to just watch that shit? I mean, come on, Jesus Christ, folks. Whew, it's just so intense. Just so fucking intense. Um, but uh, you know they uh, perform surgery on him. The worst didn't happen. He's going to be fine. You know, regardless of whether he comes back and ever plays hockey. I mean, I obviously think he probably will. But the most important thing is that uh, nobody lost a life during our uh, during our little show that we enjoyed last night. Um, but uh, <laughs> it easily could have got easily could have been really really bad. <sighs> so easily. I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe they look at possible new safety procedures i don't know how you can ask players to attach the gloves to the sleeves it seems like that would be a nightmare but who knows i don't know who knows maybe uh, the nhl won't do anything because it's a vander kane and they fucking hate him i don't know i don't know but uh all thoughts to uh kaner hoping for a speedy recovery you know i kind of i'm kind of sending thoughts to tyson berry too because he almost got completely fucked up in that and that that was just on the ref like that wasn't one player slew foot and someone and then another player accidentally doing something that was just the someone who's responsible for the safety of the players uh not doing as good of a job as they should and it could have gone uh, that could have gone really bad too but you know what can you do you just hope and pray that everyone playing is not seriously injured you hope and pray that the league does a really good job of protecting its players as well as obviously the pa um and then like with everything else you, you kind of throw it in the brain blender as a hockey fan, along with all the other contradictions of life. Thanks so much uh, for listening, everybody. Thank you so much for your time, your commitment to the cause, your punctuality. Thank you for uh, all the uh, wonderful fragrances you send our way. You know, the eau de toilettes. Absolutely beautiful. I, I'm going to smell like saffron and rosehip the rest of my life. And that's going to help a lot.
Let's go.